0: Come on, you don't look excited. I want you. I want to see excited. Come on, come on, get excited about what God has done for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. It will be a great day of worship when the people of God take time to worship God. the debt of love we owe, can never be paid. But the least we could do is raise a holy hand every now and then. I don't know about you, but in the old church, we used to sing a song, my soul look back and wonder how I got over. That's not good theology. I know how I got over. And now that I know how I got over, I can praise God anywhere at any time because by the grace of God, I stand here testifying and witnessing that we serve an awesome God. An awesome God. Thank you. Our worship ministry, our musicians, thank you for being obedient to God and loyal and Serving God in excellence. I thank God. Praise God. I thank God. I thank God. Most holy and everlasting God, you are so awesome. All week long, dear God, doors have been opened and some have been closed. And yet we come with enthusiasm because we know that you can do anything at any time and anywhere. So, Father, I pray right now for those under the sound of my voice who are depressed and who do not realize that worship sets us free. I pray for those right now, dear God, who are distracted about something that happened yesterday or will happen later on today. I pray, dear God, that demons will be chased out of this space and that we will worship you in spirit and in truth. And I pray, dear God, that this word which you have given me, will set someone free who is in bondage right now. And I pray for a fresh anointing because without your presence there is no preaching. And I pray, God, that every word, every thought, every movement of my body will give praise, honor, and glory to you. And I pray this prayer in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. 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 Amen, amen, amen. I want to share with you a letter that I received. And the letter says, Hello, Pastor Classy. This is Faith, Connie, Faith and Sister. I pray you and your family had a wonderful, fun vacation and was able to get some rest. I'm reaching out to say thank you for leaving my family in such great hands. I'm in the process of making official thank you cards, but felt the need to send this text now. We truly had a great celebration for my sister. And people are still calling us saying they actually felt uplifted at and after the service. Yes, we were sad that she's not here, but uplifted by all the love that was felt and the great legacy of love she left in so many people. My sister touched so many lives that we were not aware of. The stories kept coming and coming. The consensus was it didn't feel like a real funeral. God is awesome. Thank you for your kindness, your staff, and facility. My heart will forever be grateful for PGC being very instrumental in Connie's life celebration. PGC took care of me and showed me genuine and godly love like I was a PGC partner. Reverend Paula needs a raise. <laughs> she loved me and held me in her arms over the phone. And now that's love. I couldn't wait to meet her face to face, and wow, what a soothing smile. As you see, I could go on and on and on about the awesome care we received from PGC. What a great representation of Christ. We thank the Lord and give God all the glory for the great things He has done. Again, Thank you, and I hope to see you soon. Blessings and love forever. Let's praise God for the love. Praise God for the love. Praise God for the gift of love. Praise God for the evidence of love. We praise God, and we should not take for granted that Our legacy of love is about us. It's about God showing us how to love one another. And we certainly have the gift of love. And I wanted to bring that letter to your attention because sometimes we do not realize the impact we have on people. We have to be conscious of our behavior and the way that we receive others and how we treat them. And as I prayed about my text today, the Lord led me to the church of Philadelphia. And the word of God says that I know that you have little strength, (laughs) yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. And I kept clinging to that eighth verse because sometimes we think we need a whole lot of strength To do what God has called us to do. But what God is really saying. If you step up and show up. I'll give you the power. To do what you need to do. And so for the lesson. But well, the lesson right now is stop depending on your human body and your brilliant mind to take you to a new level, but what we need to start doing is taking our raggedy bodies and souls to the Lord, laying on the altar, and asking God to give us whatever we need. You ought to say amen. You ought to say amen. Well, when I heal, I'm going to come to church. When my eyes get better Brother Mac, I'm going to read the Bible. And when my legs heal and I get a little younger, I'm going to go and feed the sick. Oh, no, 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 no. There is no waiting with God. And what he shows us, Bruce, is that all you need is a little bit of strength and some vitamin B12, of course. And I called my sermon, I thought this was a unique name. <laughs> Does your relationship with Jesus resemble a ham hock or a hogmaw? Well, I thought growing up in Alabama would not give me this privilege. But on a certain trip there, I learned something new about the hog jaw that I didn't know about the ham hock. You see, one needs to understand the effect that we have on others. And what happened at the church of Philadelphia is that the angel said that when God, Eddie, looked upon them, there was no complaint. When God looks upon you and your life, would there be a complaint? When God looks at you closely, are you doing what God has called you to do? And one can make a strong case that the letters to Smyrna and Philadelphia are the most important ones of the seven. Remember, we talked about Laodicea. They were what? Lukewarm. Lukewarm. They were lukewarm, but not the church at Philadelphia. They did the best they could with what they had been given. And God gave them miracles, signs, and wonders because they were obedient to Almighty God. The church has to stand up for the church. You know, I'm listening to all the research and all of the people who are saying that, oh, the church is not going to survive after COVID. The church is not going to ever be what it used to be. I don't claim that because I realize that we serve a God who can do anything. And if the truth be told, all of us should be wiped out by now when you look at the environment we live in and the racism and the classism and all the hatred that among us. But over and over again, God gives us the blessing of being able to walk in and worship him in spirit and in truth. It's time for us to fight back with the word. How many of you have ever been insulted? Only three of you? I'll share some of mine then. How many of you have been told, I used to hear that all the time, You, you, you your daddy ain't nothing, your mommy ain't nothing, and you're not going to be nothing. You ever heard that before? It, it's heartening to hear someone say that. How dare you tell me that I will be nothing because I'm brown? How dare you tell me that I will be nothing because I was brown? born in the red clay of Alabama and George Wallace said we were never going to get out of life how dare you tell me what God cannot do in my life it's time for us to stand up and to talk back to the enemy and it's time for us to understand is that Jesus said upon this rock upon this rock you might be the rock but Jesus will find another rock and Jesus said I will build my church my church brother and the gates of hell you don't think that the devil is trying to destroy the church you don't think the devil is trying to make us feel that god is not here you're trying god is not asleep and why should we walk around repeating The gossip that the church is going to fade because people have gotten so comfortable at home in their pajamas with a hot cup of coffee. The word also said unless we assemble with the gospel and unless we assemble with the people of God, we have no Holy Ghost power. So you stay home all you want stay in your pajamas. If you can go to Harris Teeter, you can come to Pleasant Grove. If you can go to Red Lobster, you can come to Pleasant Grove. If you can go to Publix, you can come to Pleasant Grove. If you can go to Crabtree, you can come to Pleasant Grove. It's time for us to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And it's time for us to repent in the name of Jesus. Every day I repent for my church, because we believe in the enemy. We believe in the enemy that the Lord's church is going to be destroyed because of social media? You believe that the Lord's church, Deacon Don, is going to disappear because of Facebook and Instagram and Hulu and TikTok and Boohoo? You think? (laughs) Why, Why are you eating that bait, Reverend Marley? Why are we eating that bait? Because when we believe that the church has no relevance, we are on the side of the enemy. But I'm here today to tell you that God's church will forever stand, and God's church will forever go forward, and God's church will always when I went to the airport to go on vacation I wasn't afraid when I'm sitting on an airplane with people I've never known before breathing all over that air that already has been recycled I was not upset so what we need to get over the lie and realize that our blessing come when we do what God tells us to do our blessings come you stay home if you want to, but I'm coming over here to get my share of Holy Ghost power. You stay home if you want to, but I'm gonna listen to Almighty oh, God. Oh, I wish I had a witness. Every now and then in the church, somebody ought to say amen. amen. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. Oh, let me get to the ham hock. A ham hock, a pork knuckle. <laughs> Is a joint between the tibia and the fibula. And after church, you can ask Reverend Paula, who's a doctor, exactly where that is on your ankle. <laughs> and the ham hog is really, Elliot, the foot of the pig, and where the foot was attached to the hog's leg. It is a portion of the leg, I love this, that is neither part of the ham nor the ankle or the foot, but rather the extreme shank end of the bone. In other words, a ham hock has very little to offer. And when you go to Harris Teeter or over to Food Lion Ruth where they have those real ham hocks and you pay $6 for a pack, you're not really getting much. I learned that everything that looks lean is not lean. When you look around the church this morning, some of you look really holy and some of you look like you're really caught up in the spirit. And you don't realize, Reverend, you're being lean and the enemy knows you're being lean. Have you ever purchased a ham hock bruce which looks perfect, but when you taste your collard greens, they are flat and no good taste at all? Have you ever approached a believer for encouragement and the person begins to share their complaints with you? Have you ever called for a word of encouragement? And about 60 seconds in the conversation, the person on the other end is saying, girl, you don't know what happened to me Friday night. And I'm trying to say, I'm trying to tell you what happened to me today, but you want to tell me what happened Friday night. See, a ham hock is most often used to make soups or stocks because it needs to be simmered for hours to break down. Ham hocks are like us. We have to be stewed over and over and over again. God has to put us on simmer. Some of us have been, as my grandmama would say, in that crack pot. I said, grandmama, it's a crock pot." She said, no, it's a crackpot. Some of us have been on simmer all of our lives. And it's time for us to start simmering, and it's time for us to step up and be cooked and used by Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But when I was in Alabama, you know, many of you know my sister Carolyn is an excellent cook, and she has Macmillan barbecue. So when I'm down there, I'm on kitchen duty with her, and this is all gonna make sense in a minute. So we're in the kitchen at six o'clock in the morning. And she's having me slice the hog jaw. And she gave me instructions on how to slice it. You see, the hog jaw over here, thank you for finding one for me, has lean meat and fat. And the hog jaw is the cheek of the hog, where the hock is the foot. Now, any human being with common sense would rather have a cheek than a foot. Typically a tough cut, but often smoked and cured and can be used just like bacon and salt pork. So when I was in Alabama, my sister was teaching me how to use the hog jaw to cook the collard greens. And when the collard greens came out of the pot, you just wanted to keep eating them over and over and over again. And being a little doubtful myself about this hog jaw and the ham hocks, I came back home. And I decided to cook some greens, Reverend Marlin, using ham hocks I purchased from Food Lion. And they cooked all day and all night. (laughs) And when I served them to my husband with great joy, he asked me what was wrong with the collard greens and i realized that the ham hock my sister told me not to use some of us are like that god tells you don't use a ham hock go and pay a dollar more and get you some hog jaw and have some greens that taste like collard greens but the important point of this is that hog jaws will penetrate and saturate any environment and that's the way that we ought to be but some of us are like ham hocks do is show up and look like we have some fat but when a hog jaw shows up you're gonna be saturated with fat over and over and over again and being the woman of God I am I call my sister and I apologize to her because I didn't believe that that hog jaw could penetrate those collard greens that way And I apologized to her and I said, I got it now. I'm a hog jaw mama in Holly Springs. sharing this story with you because it's time for the church to stop cooking with ham hocks and cook with some hog job, which is God's word. And once we begin to use God's word to grow God's church and to bless God's people, you don't have to do all the heavy lifting. God provides the fat. And God provides the lead and God provides the knuckle and God gives you what you need. Uh, am I making sense? Are you getting it? Have you ever looked closely at a ham hock? you try to cut it open and the bone won't let you get anywhere and you're all down there trying to say, Lord I know there's some lean, lean meat somewhere. You ever been crazy enough to buy a ham hock because you saw a little piece of lean? And then you have your black-eyed peas, and they taste like no fat hit them at all. What I'm trying to get you to see is that we need to change our attitudes. And what we need to do is penetrate the environments that we walk in. What we need to do is show up and the glory of the Lord shows up. What we need to see, once you have an experience with hog jaw, you're never the same. because, And you just can't eat the collard greens on the bottom or the collard greens on the top because that's fat throughout the pot in the collard green. And I said to myself, Lord, I want you to give me some hog jaw people who love you all the time. Have you ever been in the presence, Johnny, of someone holy who knows the Lord, and they walk up to you and you say, oh, this thing, I can't mess with her, because she's gonna pray me right out of myself. I'm not gonna mess with her. And what I'm saying is that hog jaw does not apologize for being hog jaw. Ham hocks ought to apologize for lying that I said I was gonna provide some seasoning, but it's never delivered, and we need to get that straight. So what does that have to do with the church at Philadelphia? They had a little strength. They had a ham hock, But Jesus was the hog jaw. And Jesus said, as you use whatever I have given you, then you're going to be a blessing. You're going to penetrate the system with what I give you. It's not based on where you live, how you look, how much you weigh, your mama, your daddy, your hair. It all depends on your relationship with me. And what Jesus is saying is that this church, as Philadelphia, has it right. Go with what you have. Stop begging people who tell you no. Go find you some new people to invite into the kingdom of God. Stop asking the same old people. Abuses. After a while, you just get sick of hearing it. You need to go out and start all over. The Lord said to me, Why do you keep praying for teachers for the children's church? Go out and get some people you know love the Lord to come over here and teach the children and be done with it. We got to become hogshawed for the Lord. We got to step up. And let our fat show. You get that? Your fat is the spirit. The Holy Spirit. How do we share the spirit of God? How do we become an inspiration to a dying world? How do we say to people who have cancer or disease, how do we encourage them when we do not have a word from the Lord? And what Jesus goes on to say is that once you have me, And once I am the center of your joy, I will manage your life for you with no, no cost. And what Jesus always said is that one day I'm coming back. I'm not coming back for good-looking people or ugly people or red people or brown people or yellow people. Bacon, I'm coming back. And Jesus said, I am coming back to receive those Who have been faithful to my calling. Jesus said, I'm coming back and I'm gonna put my foot down. And Eddie, Jesus said that whatever door I close will be closed. And whatever door I open will anybody here has a door that needs to be closed? I got names on some doors that need to be closed. I don't know about you, but the word of God says is that any door that I close will never be open again. Thank you, God. Hallelujah, Lord. And then Jesus went in to say that any door I open that no one can close it. It's time for us to step it up in the name of Jesus. It's time for us to call a spade a spade. It's time for us to call out the names of people who are trying to destroy you and your household. It's time for us to show up for Bible study, Deacon Tim, and we can read the word of God, get fired up, and speak back to our demons in the name of Jesus. And then Jesus said, hold on, I'm coming back. How many of you believe that? How many of you believe that? Everybody in the church did not say they believed that. How many of you over here believe that Jesus is coming back? How many of you in the center believe that Jesus is coming back? How many of you over here believe that Jesus is coming back? He said, I am coming back. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. To your little raggedy faith, hold on! To your raggedy prayer life, hold on! To your crazy family, hold on! To the people who don't love you, hold on! From the world where people are frustrating you. I am coming back. And I'm gonna set the house in order. And Jesus said then that the one who is victorious Hallelujah. I want to be one of these pillows. Jesus said, I will make a pillow in the temple. I have no desire to be the carpet, no desire to be the table, no desire to be the pupil. I want to be a pillow because the pillow stands for the strength of our Lord God. And when you are a pillow in the temple of God, he said that all we will be doing is praising God forever and ever and ever. This is a practice session. Some of you are not passing. You got to learn how to praise God forever, forever and ever. Let's practice that one more time. Forever, forever and ever. It's time for us to take what little bit we have and use it for the glory of God. Take the little bit that you have and raise up Holy hands. It's time to wake up don't smell the coffee. Wake up. Read your Bible. Wake up. Call a demon a demon. Wake up. Call your enemy your enemy. Wake up. And talk back. And become the hog jaw that you ought to be in the kingdom of God. When you walk away or meet people, they ought to be in and say, girl, I was with the Holy Ghost today. I was in the presence of that judge, Julie. She was all fired up. And before I knew it, I was volunteering to come and clean up the church. I love it, Lord. So what I'm saying to you, Jesus has given the church an image of victory. Don't let anybody tell you your destiny. You will decide based on what you do with whatever God has given you. And many of us need to understand the world could care less about us. The world doesn't care about anybody. And if you don't think so, die. Need something. And you will find that the only guarantee we have is that we have a Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who's coming back again. And I declare that I will be in that number. I declare that I'm going to be there in the temple. I can't sing here because I'm not a good alto, I'm not a soprano or a second soprano, and they won't let me sing, but I'm going to get up there and sing as much as I want to. To the glory of God. I'm going to sing, they said in Alabama, I'm going to sing till I get tired to the glory of God. I might have gotten fired as an usher because I talked too much at PGC, but I am going to usher in the spirit of the Lord wherever I go. I might not be a trustee, but I can be trusted to do what God tells me to do. I might not even be a good preacher, but I'm going to preach. Whatever I have in the name of Jesus, I might be all broke up and torn down and old and ugly, but I'm going to give God praise, honor, and glory because my God is awesome, awesome, awesome and worthy, worthy, worthy to be praised. Hallelujah! Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or prayer report, or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church. Post Office Box 3603 Cary, North Carolina 27519 or call us at 919-363-5198 or visit us on the web at www.pgc-cary.org Thank you again.